This morning, I would like to introduce you to two very different people. One we'll call Rebecca, and the other one, Tommy. To be honest, I don't actually know a whole lot about either one of them, but I want to use what I do know to paint a picture around the hymn that we are considering this morning. Let's start with Tommy. He was a simple man with a simple life. He was born on a farm in Kentucky and grew up embedded in the natural cycles of life, death, and hard work that such a life demands. He wasn't raised a Christian, but as a young man, everything he knew to be true about the world came to make sense in the person and work of Jesus Christ, and he experienced a life-transforming conversion at a revival in a nearby town. He dabbled in newspapers and even gave being a minister a try for a time, but his health was never that good, so he gave that up to become an insurance agent for the rest of his life. He was a keen observer of the world and a writer and was committed to his faith. He didn't really have much of a fancy story to tell, didn't want to sentimentalize his faith too much, so he mostly stuck with the words of scripture writing gently of his experience of salvation and a God who loved him. Nothing flashy, nothing to complain about, just the basics of a quiet, humble life lived well before the face of God. Now, Rebecca. Rebecca is a woman in a lot of pain. Her entire world has been shaken from top to bottom, and she is at the end of her rope. Nothing about the location in which she finds herself is the same as it was before. Everything she used to look to for stability in her life, from relationships to her home to the societal structures around her, has all disappeared. She sees that those who used to have power to do good in the world now have none. People who used to have nice things to say now just spit venom. Her friends now feel like enemies. Her interior landscape has changed too. The God she used to look to for strength and guidance seems to have abandoned her. As she experiences God's absence, she wonders if she has completely misunderstood who God is and what God has to offer her in the midst of her pain. Anguish has managed to make its way down into the very core of her being, and she is beside herself with grief. Where she used to dig deep for comfort, she now finds only despair. Where she used to feel grounded in her own sense of self, she now feels completely shoved out to sea. Everything has changed. Nothing has stayed the same. Rebecca is not a real person, 
but she is the story told in the book of Lamentations personified. Perhaps it's been a while since you've read this book, tucked away in the Old Testament between the prophets Jeremiah and Ezekiel. The anguish chronicled here in vivid detail is palpable. This is a writer familiar with suffering and acquainted with grief, and there is just no way they can keep it inside anymore. Listen to these verses from chapter 3. I am one who has seen affliction under the rod of God's wrath. He has driven and brought me into darkness without any light. Against me alone he turns his hand again and again all day long. He has made my flesh and my skin waste away and broken my bones. He has besieged and enveloped me with bitterness and tribulation. He has made me sit in darkness like the dead of long ago. He has walled me about so that I cannot escape. He has put heavy chains on me. Though I call and cry for help, he shuts out my prayer. He has blocked my ways with hewn stones. He has made my paths crooked. He is like a bear lying in wait for me, a lion in hiding. He has led me off my way and tore me to pieces. He has made me desolate. He bent his bow and set me as a mark for his arrow. He shot into my vitals the arrow of his quiver. I have become the laughingstock of all my people, the object of their taunt songs all day long. He has filled me with bitterness. He has sated me with wormwood. He has made my teeth grind on gravel and made me cower in ashes. My soul is bereft of peace. I have forgotten what happiness is. So I say, gone is my glory and all that I had hoped for from the Lord. Do you feel any connection with such an experience of God or the world? Could you fill in the blanks if you were asked to write a book of lamentation? Have there been any moments in your life when you've wondered where God is? When something you've longed for finally slipped completely from your grasp? Have you ever caught even the slightest glimpse of the kind of darkness that seems entirely devoid of light, the kind that threatens to suck you in? Have you ever been so frustrated that your teeth feel full of rocks? Are you familiar with suffering and acquainted with grief? Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not thy compassion. 
Remarkably, those words are an improvisation on what the author of Lamentation writes, immediately following the passages of anguish I just read. But this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul that seeks him. It is good that one should wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Isn't it amazing that one in such deep anguish who feels so far away from God can write and declare such a thing? How did they do that? How do we do that? Dig down that much deeper into ourselves to find something that is even more true, more real than the despair and devastation all around. I've had to do that once or twice myself, and I still don't quite understand how it happened. But here we have it in black and white, the most spectacular testimony of the love of a steadfast and faithful God. And we have the same strong and sure testimony in the words of Thomas Chisholm, or Tommy, as I called him earlier, the writer of our hymn for today, Great is Thy Faithfulness. I guess it really isn't all that surprising that the same testimony of God's faithfulness can come from a person who's marked by intense pain and from someone whose life seems relatively calm by comparison. Each one is using this truth of God toward a different end. One, to remind us of God's faithful presence when things are going horribly wrong. And the other, to remind us that that same faithful presence is there when nothing seems to be going wrong at all. And both of these are times when we ourselves have taken this song on our lips, right? A funeral and an ordinary worship service on a Sunday morning in February. A wedding and times of national crisis. Sung at the top of our lungs and barely audible around the tears that fall down our faces. The gift of this hymn of its usefulness in so many different moments of our lives is that it draws out so many facets and manifestations of the faithfulness of God. I'll name just three of them now, trying to catch as many of the scriptural allusions along the way as I can. They are compassion, creation, and covenant. In verse 1, we sing of God's faithfulness to us in the form of compassion. Scripture attests to this from the beginning all the way through to the end. 
Thou changest not, thy compassions, they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever wilt be. Exodus 22. And if your neighbor cries out to me, I will listen, for I am compassionate. Isaiah 49. Can a woman forget her nursing child? or show no compassion for the child of her womb. Even these may forget, yet I will not forget you. Psalm 145, the Lord is good to all, and his compassion is over all that he has made. Matthew 9, when Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion for them, because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Luke chapter 7, when the Lord saw her, he had compassion for her and said to her, do not weep. Colossians 3, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion. Compassion is about being cared for. God's faithful compassion tells us that the God of the universe cares about us, cares about our exquisite anguish and about the mundanity of our daily lives. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. It has never ceased. It will never cease. Great is your faithfulness, O Lord. In verse 2 of the hymn, we are reminded that creation itself testifies to God's faithfulness. Summer and winter and springtime and harvest, sun, moon, and stars in their courses above. Genesis 1. And God said, let there be lights in the dome of the sky to separate the day from the night. And let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and for years. And let them be lights in the dome of the sky to give light upon the earth. And it was so. God made the two great lights, the greater light to rule the day, and the lesser light to rule the night, and the stars. God set them in the dome of the sky to give light upon the earth, to rule over the day and over the night, and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the fourth day. Genesis chapter 8, as long as the earth endures, Seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall never cease. Psalm 36, your love, O Lord, reaches to the heavens. Psalm 57, your faithfulness extends to the clouds. Psalm 89. God's throne will be established forever like the moon, an enduring witness in the skies. Since the dawn of time, God 
has faithfully tended to all of creation. And we as humans get to receive this as a witness and as a reminder of God's intent to be faithful to us. Sparrows, lilies, grasses of the field, crops, livestock, sunrise and sunset, the changing of the seasons, these all cry out to us, God is faithful. God is faithful. Morning by morning, new mercies we see. Great is your faithfulness, O Lord. Finally, in verse 3, we are reminded of God's faithful covenant. Pardon for sin and a peace that endureth. Thine own dear presence to cheer and to guide. This covenant was made with the earth in the rhythms established at creation. With Noah after the flood, with Abraham, with all of Israel, and finally with all people in sending Christ as the perfect fulfillment of all that God's covenant requires and all that God's covenant promises to be with us, and to be our God forever. Genesis chapter 9. Then God said to Noah and his family with him, As for me, I am establishing my covenant with you and your descendants after you. And with every living creature that is with you, the birds, the domestic animals, and every animal of the earth with you. Genesis 17. God said to Abraham, I will establish my covenant between me and you and your offspring after you throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your offspring after you. Deuteronomy chapter 4, Moses reminds the people in the wilderness, because the Lord your God is a merciful God, he will neither abandon you nor destroy you. He will not forget the covenant with your ancestors that he swore to them. Matthew chapter 1. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Romans chapter 11. This is Paul quoting from Isaiah. This is my covenant with them when I take away their sins. Thomas Chisholm wrote in a letter, my income has not been large at any time due to impaired health in the earlier years which has followed me until now. Although I must not fail to record here the unfailing faithfulness of a covenant-keeping God and that he has given me many wonderful displays of his providing care, for which I am filled with astonishing gratefulness. When we sing this hymn, regardless of the circumstances in which we do so, we join its author in not failing to record the unfailing faithfulness of a covenant-keeping God and all his wonderful displays of his providing care. 
in times of great despair and anguish and in times of great joy and praise, in times of unimaginable complexity and in times of the sweetest simplicity, out in creation or sitting at a desk, may these words of testimony be always on our lips. Great is your faithfulness. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.